Are you ready? Then brace yourself. Let's go. It's time for the Bill Kasky Podcast, a weekly show carefully crafted to help you grow your skills and your results in business. Now, here's your host, Bill Kasky. Good morning, Bill Kasky, back at the Bill Kasky Podcast. We're doing something a little bit different. We just launched this uh, new episode for the week on Tuesday, and it's primarily for VPs of sales, sales leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, presidents, people who are at higher levels and maybe have sales teams that they oversee or sales teams that they may not oversee, but they count on to generate revenue, bring in customers. And so we want to focus uh, on this group on Tuesday. So every Tuesday, that will be a new release. We're not sure of the name yet. We're kind of playing around with a couple of names. But for the time being, we're going to go with the uncreative name of the leadership episode. And if you're new to the podcast, you can go to BillKasky.com. There's plenty of uh, goodies there. So today we're going to break this into three segments. I've got a main topic. We're going to talk about the prospect experience and why that's so important for you as a leader to be conscious of the kind of experience your team is giving your prospects and suspects and clients too. I know there's always a lot uh, in the news about customer experience, what's called CX. And there are podcasts on it. Uh, Steve Walker does a really good podcast on client customer experience. That's what they do in their business over at Walker. There's several other podcasts. But since I'm in the sales game, and that's what I do, I work with sales team, business-to-business sales teams, helping them to generate more leads, convert those leads to customers. And part of that is giving the prospect a really good experience. And the reason I think it's important is because the difference between you and the next two or three vendors, and I'm sure you will say, well, we're the best vendor in our market. Okay, I'll give you that. But a lot of times, it becomes hard for the sales team to really articulate the distinguishing differences between you and somebody else. And a lot of times, we get commoditized. I'm sure you've seen that, where you're like, geez, we offer so much more than the vendor they chose. How in the hell did they choose them? We were 50% better and only 10% more money. So why'd they choose them? And so I think this idea of distinguishing your difference and distinguishing your unique value, which we're going to talk about in upcoming uh, Leadership Tuesdays, but part of that is the customer or prospect experience that your people give the prospect. And I think it all begins with how your people show up. Now, not physically show up, but how they mentally and emotionally show up in front of the prospect, whether it's a set meeting, maybe it's something that came in from a web lead, maybe it's not even a physical meeting, maybe it's a phone call or web conference call, but how do they show up? What is their mindset when they first move into the transaction? And I believe the mindset has to be one of detachment. They have to be thinking, is this person a good prospect or not? Not thinking, what do I need to say to sell this person something? When that second frame is your mantra, then guess what happens to the prospect? They put up all sorts of resistance. And your people do not need resistance. And so you've got to work with your people to make sure that their mindset is proper up front. Now, that does take a little work. I'm not saying you just email out the new mindset and boom, it's installed in everybody's brain. Of course not. And that's some of the work we do. But I think the first thing is just they have to be 
showing up with the right frame of mind, the right positioning in their own heart, the right intention, the adequate amount of detachment. And I think that will help the prospect then feel comfortable. You know, when a salesperson shows up, it doesn't take too long to recognize that it is a salesperson. And so I want to do all I can. I don't want to run away from being a salesperson. I just want to be a different salesperson. I want to be a pro, not an amateur. An amateur shows up and spews out features and benefits and vomits up all the product knowledge. I don't know. That's an amateur. I don't want to do that. The pro is careful to create the proper context, the proper setting. He or she has an upfront understanding with the prospect that this may be a fit, this may not be a fit. And I know for some of you, that's heresy to say, well, this may not be a fit. But guess what? Maybe that customer is getting ready to go out of business. Maybe they don't pay their bills on time. Maybe if you would back off a little bit or have your people back off, maybe the sale is not a $50,000 sale, but a $200,000 sale. And I think what your teams tend to do, and I, I say your teams, I don't know your team, but they're probably like a lot of people that I run into, a lot of sales teams are very eager, very ambitious. What is it What is it going to take to close the business? How do we move it forward quickly? And that is just not a good prospect experience. Another idea that I think you should be considering is, you know, in the sales process, let's just say that, in fact, I, I insist that you have a sales process documented and graphically illustrated, not just a Word document that has 70,000 bullet points on it, but an actual map from the time the prospect first meets with you or suspect first reaches out to you, then what happens, then what happens, then what happens. So we have the, say, the four or five major parts of the sales process. But then between those, you have to have what we call touch points. And if there's two weeks that goes by between meeting one and meeting two, they might have even forgotten who you are, that you had another meeting scheduled, what you talked about. I can almost guarantee you they didn't understand what you talked about. So you've got to have a follow-up mechanism and a touchpoint mechanism so that way, if there's two weeks that goes by, they've heard from you two or three times. It could be a video voicemail. It could be an audio of some kind. It could be sending them to a pertinent article or video that your salesperson has done. By the way, that's why I insist all salespeople shoot video. Be comfortable in front of the camera. That's digital technology. We're going to talk about that in another episode too. I see it on my list here, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But you've got to look at your sales process and say, where are the touch points along the way in between the actual meetings? And if you do that properly, and it doesn't come across as needy or attached or desperate, which it sometimes does. I've seen emails from people they send them to me. Some of my clients send them and they say, hey, I'm getting ready to send this out. This doesn't sound too needy, does it? And I read it. I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? You were thinking about sending this? So you as the leader have to monitor that. You've got to coach them up on that. And so the process part, I think, is important. You've got to have it. You've got to have it documented. You've got to have it visually declared. And there's got to be touch points somewhere in there to make sure that not a lot of time goes by without them hearing from your people. So the assignment for you, if you're a president of a company and you have a sales manager or leader that runs a sales team, bring them into your office and say, look, are we doing these things? Are we paying attention here? Because the difference between a great prospect experience and an average one is the deal. 
It's the deal. It's it's how you close more business. This idea that we're just going to hammer close people and we're going to make sweeten the pot and impress them with all of our skills. Okay, well, that's okay. You can do that. But I would insist that you think through it a little bit more strategically and say, okay, this is a human being on the other side of the desk from us. They need to understand that we care, that we're serious about helping them solve problems. If your people don't do any follow-up, after the first call or after any call, there's no conversation at all. And by the way, I know everybody says, oh, more my people, they are good at follow-up. I can guarantee you half your people don't do proper, not do any, but don't do proper follow-up. And there's a right and a wrong way to do that. So think about having a meeting with your team. If you're the owner, if you're the CEO, sales leader, have a meeting with your team and talk about these things. Talk about what would make our prospect experience even better. I guarantee you, you'll come up with five to seven to 10 things that really make you stand out. Our quote for the day comes from Shunru Suzuki. I presume he's Japanese. He or she, I don't know. Shunru, Shunru, I don't know. Here he says, leave your front door and your back door open. Allow your thoughts to come and go. Just don't serve them tea. What the hell does that mean, you ask me? I don't know. Let's get Shunru Suzuki on the phone, see what the hell he's talking about. Now, I, I, I know a little bit about uh, this quote and have studied a little bit of this idea of some of our auto response uh, mechanisms and some of our subconscious and what happens in, the sale, in your sales team a lot is your team will be burdened, people in general, not just your team, but people in general are burdened by our intellect. We're burdened by our minds. If we remember something that happened to us five years ago and we get ready to do something that triggers that memory, then we will automatically have some kind of a reflex response. Like prospect says, you know what? Your price is too high, Bill. It's just too high. We don't have the budget. Well, that will trigger something. And unfortunately, it usually doesn't trigger the right thing. So Suzuki's point here is just allow those thoughts to come in and leave, but don't attach to the thoughts. Don't start saying, well, you know, I remember the last time this happened, boss, and we did this and we did that, and this is what happened, so I think we need to do it again. No, every deal is different. Every human being is different. So just be careful about attaching to thoughts. And we talk in all of our podcasts about detachment. And I think this takes it to a whole new level. Just detach from what you're thinking, whether it's past thinking, memories that come in and inhabit you, or whether it's future thinking, man, if I do this, I'll get this deal and I'll be the hero and my spouse will love me and my kids will love me. Uh, They probably won't love you anymore. They probably love you now to some extent. They might love you more for an hour after they hear that you got a big deal and it makes your year. But I just don't want to be in the in the past or in the future. And that's where a lot of those thoughts are. Past thoughts, memories, future thoughts, uh, imaginations. I want to be in the present and allow your thoughts to come and go in the present. All right, Q&A segment today. This question comes from Barry. He says, Bill, I'm CEO of a web-based software company. And my sales team of five gets leads that are often set up by the owner of our company. He's a very powerful person. And once he throws the leads to the sales team, 
the team kind of assumes the close is imminent, like it's the next step. And yet, often, prospects back down. They're not quite as excited when they talk to my sales team as they were when they talk to the owner. And the fire to buy ain't there. What can I coach them on? Well, Barry, this is a good example of when I say to CEOs and VPs that sales skills alone aren't enough anymore. The sales skill in this version of the story is, well, what do we need to say to get them back on track? How do we get the fire in the belly to buy again? And I just don't buy that. I think that I think you set yourself up for resistance on the part of the prospect when you go in and you're, you're firing away on all cylinders trying to get the deal. And there's an assumption here. Well, the owner talked to him or her, and so they're all, they're all teed up. You've heard it before. Yeah, this is all teed up. Whenever I hear this is all teed up, I worry like hell. It's never teed up, I shouldn't say. It's rarely teed up. So what I would recommend you do, Barry, is I would recommend you coach your people on the simple strategy of where are we. And the strategy of where are we is you trying to determine as best you can in a safe environment. Remember, we've always got to make the environment safe between our teams and our prospects. That's another part of the prospect experience. Create a safe environment, you'll get the truth. Create a threatening environment, and you won't. Now, is that a skill? I guess it is, but it's really more of a way of thinking about human beings and the process and the context into which you're selling. So I would suggest you work a little bit on with them on how do you ask the question, okay, Mr. Prospect, Jonathan said he talked to you. He said you were excited. And here I call. And a lot of times, you know, people aren't as excited when they hear from me than when they hear from Jonathan. So I just would like to know, where are you uh, in this decision? And I know you might say, well, that's a risky question. Because what if they say, who? Who is this? I don't remember Jonathan. But they probably won't. They'll probably say, yeah, you know what? I talked to him and I, I got some good information and I was real excited, but, you know, life got in the way. And so now I don't know. I'm kind of reluctant and kind of skeptical. I don't really care what they say. I don't care what they say. I just need to know. And if your team is worried about even what they'll say, they won't ask the question. Curiosity evaporates. So whenever there's a handoff, and handoff could be owner to sales team, handoff could be you to a VP of sales, could be, it doesn't matter. You've always got to ask the question, where are we? Not in those words, but you've got to craft the message so that you get a good understanding. I always say you've, you, your team has to meet the prospect where they are, not out ahead of them and not behind them. How in the world are you going to know where they are without finding out where they are and asking them? So that's what I would do. It's a great question, Barry, and I appreciate you sending it in. If that doesn't answer it, if you hated my answer, want me to take another stab at it, just get back with me. If you think of a question that you'd like me to take a stab at, then just send it to me at bill at billkasky.com. You can either send an audio question, which I love, or just a text or email question, bill at billkasky.com. We'll make sure we get it on an upcoming episode of our leader series. As a feature of this show, I always want to try to give you some uh, past episodes, some past interviews that I've done. Here's Bo Eason, who is a uh, former NFL player. He has a consulting business where he teaches coaches and speakers how to tell stories and how to create stories. And I thought you'd like to hear this. 
people's personal story because we have found that that is the most valuable asset that they have. No matter what they're selling, say they're selling their financial advisor business or they're selling an egg or they're selling a toy. It doesn't matter what they're selling. What matters is their story and why they sell that thing, how much that thing means to them, how it attaches to their story. Once audiences feel that, they get instant intimacy, they get instant trust, and you're more likely to do business in those cases. So that's where how it's really evolved. When most people get up to do a presentation or, and I'm talking to, now I make no distinction, just so everybody knows, I make no distinction between talking to one person are talking to 2,500 people. It is all co-creation of a story. You are co-creating it with the person that's in front of you. So when I'm talking to groups that are in a football stadium and there's 30,000 people in there, I talk to one person at a time. I don't try to talk to 30,000 people. It's impossible. So first thing you have to do is you have to connect with the person. And the best way to connect with that human being in front of you is by sharing yourself sharing yourself so if somebody asked me like yeah, last week i'm coming home on uh on the airplane from new york guy sitting next to me goes hey what do you do i don't i never tell them what i do because if i say hey i'm a financial advisor or hey i'm a speaker they go oh that's cool but i train people to get into their first true sentence meaning a sentence that encapsulates who they are so this is what i say to people when somebody says bo what do you do or I, I meet somebody in Starbucks or wherever, I say, when I was nine, I had a dream, so I made a plan. And the plan was drawn up with crayon, and it was a 20-year plan. And that's all I say. And now, that other person is now, what's the first thing out of their mouth? They gotta go deeper. So now, that person is co-creating my story with me. That's what you want. I hope you enjoyed the show today. We'll be back next Tuesday for another leadership episode. Uh, if you have any interest in chatting with me about me working with your team, I'm happy to do it. Just send me an email to bill at billkasky.com. I'll get back with you with my calendar and we can schedule a phone call. And I might even ask you to fill out a quick assessment that will help give me some kind of direction as to what you want. But happy to do that. No obligation. Love to chat a little bit about how I might be able to help you grow your business by growing your sales team. See you next time. Bye.